Welcome to Freya's Fairy Tales, where we believe fairy tales are both stories we enjoyed as children and something that we can achieve ourselves. Each week, we will talk to authors about their favorite fairy tales when they were kids and their adventure to holding their very own fairy tale in their hands. At the end of each episode, we will finish off with the fairy tale or short story read as close to the original author's version as possible. I am your host, Freya Victoria. I'm an audiobook narrator that loves reading fairy tales, novels, and bringing stories to life through narration. I'm also fascinated by talking to authors and learning about their why and how for creating their stories. We have included all of the links for today's author and our show in the show notes. Today is part one of two, where we are talking to Ariana Hagen about her novels. Over the next two weeks, you will hear about her incredible journey of writing since she was a kid, starting to follow her dreams to show her kids it can be done, basing characters on people from life, overcoming writer's block, and balancing writing, a farm, and family. Of Ghosts and Wolves, book one of the Wolf's Heart series by Ariana Hagen. Endless possibility. Two souls, one choice. Sage possesses the skill to see both human and animal specters, a lifelong trait that has thus far proven to be both a blessing and a curse. Existing in obscurity between a forest and mountain range, she hides her nature from the world, enjoying only the company of animals, alive and dead. Her sanctuary, however, crumbles when out of the forest emerges a force too powerful for her to ignore. A great black wolf appears searching for answers and on the run. One day, a man named Korik arrives, a wanderer from distant lands, and Sage, despite her self-imposed isolation, is drawn to him. Conflicted by their budding friendship, terrified of forming a bond, she safeguards her secrets while exploring what it means to truly live. Yet, Korik is running from a past that may eventually come to haunt them both— the fates may soon demand that they face their demons and shed light on their secrets together. The name of the show is Freya's Fairy Tales, and that is in two parts. So fairy tales are something or even short stories are something that you either listened to or read or watched a movie of as a kid. And then also the process of weeks, months, years of writing your book and then getting to hold it in your hand also will feel like a fairy tale to you. So um, growing up, did you have a favorite fairy tale and did that fairy tale change as you got older? Um, yes and no. I have always loved fairy tales, myths, legends lore, all of that stuff. I've always been fascinated with it. I grew up hearing a lot of it from my parents who were like big into ghost stories and like <laughs> all that kind of fun stuff. And I don't know if I ever really had a particular favorite, but that love for these magical tales has just continued with me forever since I was a kid. So is there any particular theme of fairy tales that you liked best? Like the magic um, ones or the creature yeah. ones? or <laughs> I like ones that have to do with magic and animals. Those two subjects have always drawn me in. All right. And so when you, um, did that change over time or still the same style? Oh, it's it's the same. <laughs> yeah, that stayed the same. <laughs> and so 
At what age, going into your own book, at what age did you start thinking I might want to write or started trying to write or? Um, I've written for as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. Um, I even recently found a box of like all my old stories from when I was a little kid that I used to write (laughs) and I remember being in high school and just filling up my class notebooks with short stories and poems and just these ideas that would pop into my head Mm -hmm. and um, I had decided I wanted to write a book someday but didn't really know what to do with that Mm -hmm. how to go about that process Um, or how to string together all these ideas I had in my head. And then when I became a parent, I was looking at my kids and I was like, I keep telling them to live their dreams. Mm -hmm. So why don't I just go ahead and live mine? And so I decided one day to just sit down and make that a reality and write a book. (laughs) And so where did the idea for Of Ghosts and Wolves come from? That was an idea that I've had since I was a teenager just kind of the basics of it. I used to write a few scenes here and there of the story that I thought was interesting. Um, And that actually plays into the whole fairy tales and lore thing. Like Mm -hmm. I always liked the idea of a world where these tales of myth and legend were a reality. Mm -hmm. And I decided to tie that all together in a book that I could kind of use my real life as inspiration for Mm -hmm. so the animals in of ghosts and wolves draws from my own experience with my animals and the chickens and the ghosts yeah the chickens (laughs) and the ghosts and all that that's all real life (laughs) and um sage is based loosely on myself and how I feel Mm -hmm. and then you know cork is based loosely on my own husband and so it was just a combination of things that I knew I could use to put together and then pulling this story that I've had in my head for decades and just kind of writing it all down. And so how long did it take you to write the book? Um, I know you said you kind of wrote scenes as a kid, but once you decided to actually make it a book. (laughs) Once I decided to actually sit down and write it, it took three months. Okay. That's not long at all. Yeah, no, the writing process was really fast. Um, (laughs) <laughs> the editing and then deciding if I actually wanted to share it with the world took a little bit longer. <laughs> so when did you so did you do that all this year or had you started that last year or how long did it take you to convince yourself to publish it <laughs> uh, that took probably two months just to convince myself I like, okay. I have this finished story do I really want to share it do I not want to but <laughs> might as well <laughs> yeah might as well I wrote it so well and you're you're a little bit of a unique one so you actually stumbled across my other narrator name that I use yeah. and podcast on social media and then I yes. saw oh cool she's written a book and I'm like oh cool is there and, you know and then I you know clicked on the links or whatever yeah. and it was like oh so she's it, it was actually in pre-order mm-hmm. status at that right. point in time and I'm like well I don't see an audiobook on here so I'm like hey yeah. um would you be cool with me doing your audiobook and you <laughs> You you were my first my first pitch. I've done a few now, not a uh-huh. lot, but um and so you had sent me pages and I recorded mm-hmm. it and then we moved forward with, yeah. with the audiobook, which is now you've heard the whole thing and you've yes. um so your your process um is gonna be a little bit different from most people because you didn't really get 
audition? Like you didn't no, have multiple I, no, people. No, I did it. Yeah, <laughs> it was just so, you, but it was perfect. So. <laughs> so I know how it felt from my side. How did it feel mm-hmm. for you? Like you know, this cold <laughs> call, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had been thinking about how I wanted to have an audiobook made because I want to make the book available across the board just mm-hmm. for everyone in whatever the preferred form of reading is. But that was like I was looking at prices. I was like, I don't, I can't swing you know, that rate right now with everything that was going on. So maybe down the line. Mm -hmm. And then when you started talking to me about what you were doing and said that that was something that you offered and that we could work together, I was like, yes, this is perfect. But I was nervous (laughs) until I heard your, your reading of it. And I was like, oh yeah, done deal. This is good. Yeah, I feel, I feel like if it was someone, a narrator coming to me, I'd be a little bit like, and I mean, same for me, because I, I saw that you had a book, yeah. but then you send me the pages and I'm like, oh, please just let these be like yeah. well edited because <laughs> like, I would hate like the cover looked good and the premise looked uh-huh. good, but I'm like, you can edit those really, right. really well and the rest of yeah. the book be terrible. <laughs> right. Yeah, that is true. But then you'd send me the pages and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. <laughs> Well, I'm glad. That was also nerve-wracking for me to share. (laughs) She reads all these other books, and now she's going to read mine. (laughs) Well, and then I also talked to your editor who said about the same thing. She's like, it didn't feel like work at all because, like, it's such a good, good story. And then you... Oh, she's such a great editor, too. Oh, my gosh. And then, like, just when I finally got to read through the whole book and everything, it's just, it's so well done. Thank you. (laughs) That you would never think this is someone's first book um and then it's it's a little bit you know like man I hope the rest like I can't wait for the rest of the series to see like (laughs) what happened I know (laughs) I'm almost done with book two um there have been a few parts that have hung me up because I'm kind of battling about what path to take in Mm -hmm. her journey like what feels the more natural versus what would be a better book Mm -hmm. so I've been trying to work through those couple of points but it's almost done so it should be here soon <laughs> <laughs> I think I think uh too you got to consider what could I actually develop into the rest mm-hmm. of the series <laughs> yes and that is a big consideration I want at least three books mm-hmm. of solid story for Sage and you know her companions so I'm just trying to figure that out but I know it's there it's all in my head <laughs> it's just getting it out <laughs> well and two like I love books where you're reading them and you just get that like things happen in the story and you're like, oh, like it just it feels like your heart's getting squeezed Mm -hmm. and you're like, because not every book is that way. That is true. Um, But I have a few that are coming up as well that Mm -hmm. the author very well writes those, too. And you're just like, oh, (laughs) yeah. Oh, I love that. A book. The more I can feel, the better. I love reading books that just give you that good hurt in your heart. And then you're like, I need to know what happens next because they usually will end on cliffhangers <laughs> waiting for the next book. <laughs> yep. So you are almost done with book two. What yes. else is going on? Do you have any plans for other books? Or oh, yes. What um, else you got going on? Yeah, I have an idea for a spinoff of of Ghosts and Wolves um, after the completion of Sage's story. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm putting together a bunch of short stories that are basically just myths from the world Mm -hmm. that's introduced in my novel. 
Oh, we talked about this. Yeah. So the Blue-Eyed Raven is the first one that I've released. That's just a really short story myth from that same world as of Ghosts and Wolves. Mm -hmm. And I have a few others and I'm just going to release them kind of scattered throughout the year. And once I have probably six or so of those put together, I'll create um, an anthology of them in print paper. Um, And then I also have a couple of stories that I want to get out. Um, One of them is a pirate story. (laughs) Okay. So unrelated. Yes, completely unrelated. Um, (laughs) But I've had that idea for a while too. So I think that'll be the next project after I finish up this world that I'm working on. So you have, you plan on it being three books and then the the little fairy tale kind of Yes, and then also a spinoff. And I'm not sure if it's going to be a single book or if that'll be its own series. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to get to that point and start writing and see kind of where that journey takes me. Okay, see how how many words you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had had talked to an author a couple weeks ago and she said, you know, she writes her books and she's like, well, I'm just intending for it to be one book. And then if she gets Mm -hmm. to a good ending, but it's like, this really needs to continue. Then she makes it into a series. (laughs) So how did you end up? uh, And I don't know, because we've never talked about this, but you have goats and chickens and what other kind of critters going around there? uh, Horses, sheep. Um, We also do rescue. So we have a bunch of rescue dogs and cats and just a bunch of animals running around. We uh, had a pig show up on our property that moved in. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, we just have, a, it's a little farm. <laughs> and so but have, that was also something I wanted to do forever. Now, I know we talked about both of us live in Texas. Have you always lived yes. in Texas? No, I am actually California born. And right. I moved out here to Texas in 2015 to be with my now husband so I've been out here seven years now okay and did you start the farm immediately when you moved out here oh yeah it it was immediate (laughs) I kind of moved in with him and I was like hey here's all these animals I'm bringing with me let's go get a whole bunch more We did that growing up. We lived out in the country and had a lot of uh, cats. It always seemed cats would always get dropped off in the areas. We had tons (laughs) of cats. And then um, dogs occasionally would get dropped off. And if Mm -hmm. they played well with the other ones, they got to stay. If not, we had to rehome. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Rabbits and goats. And we had a horse and a couple donkeys and cows. (laughs) All the things. Yes. So talking about, we didn't have milk goats, but like all of, Mm -hmm. all of that part of the story, I was like, I remember all this Mm -hmm. (laughs) going out to feed and going out to water. Yes. Yeah. Every day, multiple times a day, getting yelled at by all the animals. (laughs) So (laughs) I have to ask, and this will be slightly a spoiler. Where on earth did you come up with the idea for the bag of body parts? I don't know exactly. <laughs> that one just kind of popped into my head. I was like, I need to make like this guy seem really sinister. I was like, what's a good way to make him seem sinister? <laughs> like, yeah, he's gonna he's just gonna collect body parts. That seems gross. I do not remember the words that came out of my mouth, but I remember my husband and my daughter being like, "What happened?" And I'm like, "This book." 
<laughs> yeah, no, that was an interesting part. <laughs> I'm just like, man, I don't um, <laughs> like that'll be. And then I'm trying to think, you know, as as I read through a book, I'm always trying to think beyond the initial audition because that's really short and you don't really mm-hmm. know the characters on right. two to yeah. five pages, yeah. but. Um, you know, as I read through the whole thing, I'm trying to like in my head think, how am I going to voice this character and how mm-hmm. am I going to, um, you know, tell certain parts of the story that are the more emotional parts or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that part, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and may have to may have to record a couple times because you record like one yeah. way and you're like, that sounded stupid. <laughs> And then we had to talk about like accents and stuff because I, I, yeah. I'm not great at them. Oh, that's fine. Um, anything you beyond did great like with... basic. I mean, I could do like, I've been born and raised in Texas. So a mm-hmm. lot of my family have like Southern accents. I yeah. don't. Um, but yeah, just coming up with, I'm like, these sound like the way you have it written is not su-, like I had to ask you, like, is this supposed to be like what? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so hard too because you think of one way in your head and then you mm-hmm. hear it like out of your own voice and you're like that's not exactly how it sounds in my head but <laughs> however it goes that's fine so how did you do the did you um how did you do the different language stuff like the the words and stuff just like how I did wanted... you figure out the phrasing oh I kind of picked here and there about different from different accents that I've heard in real life. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to give this area an accent that made it understandable in when you're reading it, where mm-hmm. you could still understand the words, but it also stood out from the rest of everybody else talking. Um, so it was just kind of a balance of trying to figure out what was natural and realistic mm-hmm. and, and then also still giving it its own flavor. So I kind of just typed it up and figured out what sounded or looked good together. (laughs) (laughs) And so you said it took you about three months to write the Mm -hmm. book and it took you two months of convincing yourself to publish it. How long and how many editing processes did you go through before you sent it to someone else? Oh, that in the three months uh, or... No, that wasn't in the three months. I sent it through a couple of beta readers after Mm -hmm. I finished it. Um, and they gave me some pointers on scenes that needed to be tweaked a little bit and a little bit of just really light editing in it. Mm-hmm. So I went through, I changed all that. And then I had an appointment with my editor booked already. And I was like, I need to get this done in time right. to send to her. Otherwise I'm going to miss my booking. Mm-hmm. So um, I just tweaked a few things and sent it off to her and had my fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> please don't let her reject it yeah (laughs) hoping she wouldn't send it back and be like no I can't fix this (laughs) so how did you find as a new author how did you find your beta readers do you use like I use Fiverr okay my family wasn't up for reading it yet but Fiverr (laughs) I hired a few people off of there um and just sent it to them and they did the beta reading for me and it worked out great same with, did you find your editor on Fiverr? No, she was a recommendation. She was a, oh, there was a group I was in and editing came up as a post and I was reading through it and a couple of people had recommended her. Mm-hmm. So I figured I'd reach out to her and see what her schedule was. And she had one a lot sooner than I expected and I jumped on it. Cool. Yeah. And so then what is, 
I've never been through that process at this point. Um, what is that process like? You said you sent her the manuscript and then she <clears throat> did what? <laughs> Gently tore it apart. No. Um, <laughs> she um, went through it and marked all of the grammar mistakes, spelling mistakes, um, pointed out some continuity errors just mm-hmm. in like ages and timeline and stuff. And then sent it back to me and I went through and did the revisions and added a few things and um, added a couple more mistakes to it after I had done my (laughs) editing, added some spelling (laughs) mistakes and whatnot. So then did you send it back to her and she rechecked it? Okay. No, I just did the one round. You know, it was, I wanted to send it back, but um, starting out. I'm putting all my own money into everything. Mm-hmm. And I had kind of set a budget for myself thinking that, you know, I'm only writing this book for myself really anyways, just right. to fulfill a dream. And I can't go and spend $10,000, you know, getting it done. So I set a budget. I've seen, and like, I have to... I've seen such a wide range of yeah. here's how much you can plan to spend. And it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, technically you don't have to send it through editing at all. Right. You could just yeah. write it and publish it right then. Yeah. But yeah, right. Yeah, I I definitely needed at least that one solid round of editing. <laughs> and so you, uh, did you design your own cover or did you just do the audiobook cover? Um, I tweaked the audiobook cover. The design cover was also hired on Fiverr. Okay. And I was looking through these covers that um, people could make. And I was like, I don't really like any of these styles. I was just scrolling through and I saw an art style that just popped out at me mm-hmm. and he does those kind of I don't know like stark contrast type covers mm-hmm. with the colors and I had him make up a cover for me and it just happened to be perfect and so then you just kind of tweaked it a little bit for the mm-hmm. audiobook okay. yes yeah so you I did, got the you original a... files for it so okay so you had a lot of faith in Fiverr <laughs> yes <laughs> yes I did I did that for one of the podcasts. It was mm-hmm. like I was in groups on Facebook and they were like, oh, oh, we'll we'll promote your podcast. It's like this much money. And I'm like, listen, yeah. I don't want fake listeners. I want like mm-hmm. people that are actually going to keep back coming to listen. Right. Oh, I promise. I promise they mm-hmm. won't be fake. I'm like, OK, I'll pay you five bucks. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> right. They, of course, were fake. And so mm-hmm. I'm like. Yeah. And then he's, of course, messaging me, still wanting me to hire him again. And I'm like, but no, I don't want yeah. fake reviews. Yeah. I want yeah. legitimate people listened to. Yeah, it. right. Absolutely. And they were yeah, quite, quite clear. It's like fake book reviews. Like you can tell yes. they never actually listened to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, great storytelling you. pod. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> You're like, yeah, what else? <laughs> what about it? <laughs> exactly. It's like. So, I mean, it's the same as reviews on mm-hmm. um, books or audiobooks or whatever. When they just do the stars and don't say yeah. anything, you're like, like, I have I have one that has like, I got a one star review and I'm like, cool. What did you not like? But about why? It? <laughs> yeah. I want to know why. I mean, you can guess, but. <laughs> like... Yeah. So, so oh, far, no, do tough. you read your reviews? Have you? <laughs> yes. I don't know if the audiobook. <laughs> Has got. I know we've sold a couple, and it's not been yeah. out for very long. Yeah, I think at three or four now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we have reviews for that. 
I do read the reviews for the actual book version of it. Mm-hmm. And Any helpful ones so far? Yes, there have been a few really helpful ones. Um, talking about like the pacing of the story, mm-hmm. which I understand. And that's something that I'm trying to keep in they mind as I write. Like it? They wanted it faster or slower? Or? Uh, they said that the pacing was kind of up and down. So there would be stretches of just really mellow story and then stretches of action and then back to mellow. Isn't and that so just kind normal? Of, I guess. But I guess I wanted it to be a little smoother. So. Okay. <laughs> so I'm keeping that in mind. But we got yeah, done with then, the battle. We calmed down and fixed our injuries. And then we walked home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. There's always, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Some of it you have to take with a, a grain of salt. And there have been, there's like two reviews where I read them and I was like, what did you even read? Like... <laughs> one of one of the books that I did, it was YA Dystopian. Uh-huh. And it was one of the ones I narrated. And she got a review that was like, this is great sexual education for students. And there's literally no, they kiss. <laughs> that is the most that happens. What? And so she's like, throwing out these lines from the book that are totally referring to innocent things and she's like but this can mean and it's like but no yeah <laughs> so like reviews like that are weird but like I had an I had a review on two of my audiobooks it's the same person mm-hmm. and they were like it was a dual point of view book and they were mm-hmm. like oh we don't like that a single female narrator did both points of view mm. but it was royalty share which means I get paid royalties after the fact, which means if I hire a second narrator, either that needs to be my husband, so I don't have to pay them up front, or I have to pay them out of my own pocket up front. Right. I'm like, yeah, no. (laughs) But normal people don't understand that part of things. So So any, so, and I think you, you're the one that said you were writing a kid series. Yes, I also have a kid series, and that'll be under a different name. Um, okay. <laughs> just so that I'm not, I, I don't have to like censor my books if I don't want to. Um, right. But the kid series will be under a different name. I do have, oh gosh, like eight of those written now. How many um, is that going to be? Eight's a, eight's a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll see. Kid the series only- go longer, though. I've noticed they that, like, do. series I buy for my daughter, like, uh, she loves yeah. the How to Train Your Dragon. And so we oh, bought, yeah. like, that whole book series. <clears throat> yeah. And there's a lot of books in that. Mm-hmm. Well, even, like, the Magic Treehouse. Oh, there's, yeah. There's, like, a like hundred of those, of them too. <laughs> yeah. We don't have all of those. We bought, yeah. Amazon had, like, the Merlin set. And then, like, mm-hmm. I-, I think it's, like, the classic set or something. Yeah. It's, like, but then they have so many spinoff things yeah I have I think like the first 20 for my kids I don't even know that book's been those books have been around for a long time oh forever yeah (laughs) Yeah. ever since at least since I was a child so yeah they've been around for a while but I'll get my kids books out eventually what's slowing me down with those is that I'm illustrating it myself so So do you draw well um you drawing are you digitally I'm doing the digital like the canvas tablet things Mm -hmm. so I'm using that which is a learning process for me because I had never used one before (laughs) um but it's a lot of fun and I'm trying to remind myself that they're kids books so I don't need to make like the Mona Lisa for every page well and most kids books don't most are very um (laughs) what you would consider a kid 
fr- like a kid drew it kind of mm-hmm. maybe yes, slightly better true. than that but <laughs> yeah like and that's something I have to remind myself all the time <laughs> I don't need <laughs> it's to a go kid's book. it's okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh my first podcast I am not an artist by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> my husband is he draws oh. draws very very good like anime characters uh-huh. so I'm like like my first podcast I'm like hey like I want it would you do my logo for me whatever like I'll hire out if yeah. I need to but I think you would do really good at this and he's like sure and so we're like talking about what we want or whatever and I'm like I could tell he just didn't quite understand what I was wanting right and so I draw the most ridiculous <laughs> I still have it just for <laughs> just, just to to look back on how yeah. terrible I draw um the stick figure like holding on to this book and <laughs> what he did is so much better than what I did uh-huh. but I'm just like oh now I did the because he drew it on paper and then I had mm-hmm. to digitize it so I like okay. took a picture of it and did like the yeah. layers like you can do in photoshop right. and traced yeah. and all that but I can trace I'm not good <laughs> at the drawing <laughs> yeah I think drawing is definitely a skill I feel like you're just born with it or you aren't and yeah I'm trying to work on my own skills <laughs> in that department, but I don't know. <laughs> You're like, I'll, I'll get there. Yeah. So you have, so um, so you have quite a few things in the works and planning mm-hmm. on. Um, so pirate story. Are you planning on waiting until all of the yes. it's Wolf's Hearts, the name of the series? Yes. So, yeah, the Wolf's Heart series. And yes, I'd like to wrap all of that up first before I delve into something else. Um, just to kind of complete that world so that there's no loose ends. Can you, because I was working on one book and then my brain mm-hmm. was like, no, we want to do uh, one with mythology. And mm-hmm. now we're just going to be like stuck on this. Like, can you get your brain to focus on one or the other? Or is it kind of like, I have this idea, but oh, it's not writing. <laughs> yeah, no, my brain's all over the place when it comes to stories. And <laughs> a lot, a lot of the times I kind of like scratch that itch by writing short stories. Mm-hmm. so um I'll have this idea that pops into my head and I know I can't give it the time that it needs mm-hmm. at that moment so I'll do a short story so I'll get like two or three thousand words popped out and then I'll put it aside for a little bit so that the the feeling and the idea is still there when I'm ready to revisit it mm-hmm. um and I kind of am able to push it out of my mind for a little bit okay that's a good way to uh mine uh would not leave my head yeah <laughs> And because it's mythology, I'm like, I don't want to. Um, so first idea was like contemporary romance or maybe a little bit futuristic. But mm-hmm. um, I got like, I don't know, I'm about 30,000 words in. And, and oh, yeah. my head was like, and we're done writing that right now. We want to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. But it's nowhere near done. It's just mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And then like this mythology, I'm like, when you get, I feel like there's just certain genres that you get mm-hmm. into. And because it's a well known, thing you Mm -hmm. can't just like jump in and totally make it up right (laughs) you have to know a little bit of what's come before so you don't Mm -hmm. you know make everybody mad and come attack you with pitchforks or whatever (laughs) (laughs) so that's I keep saying I'm researching and other authors keep telling me stop researching and start writing and I'm like but I don't know what I need to know yet (laughs) 
it's like it doesn't hurt that the research is fun too yeah that that doesn't hurt at all <laughs> now like yesterday i'm doing stuff and i'm like all right we're gonna like go back we're gonna go back to like basic 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 because i'm i've been going through like greek and roman and norse mm. and like the different mythologies yeah. i'm like let's go back to like basic basic like i have this it's uh the oxford companion for like mythology like world mythology Ooh, so it's got yeah. like it's kind of like an encyclopedia for <laughs> different mythologies i'm like we're gonna go back to like what's the definition for mythology like go back to the very very yeah. beginning where did all because as i'm reading through these different ones i'm finding they all kind of originated from the same areas and mm -hmm. then, like, evolved as people moved to different areas. So I'm like, all right, let's mm -hmm. go. <laughs> so today I need to go back <laughs> and read through, like, <laughs> where did mythology, like, what is the most basic mythology mm -hmm. definition? <laughs> so yeah. that's so finding... super interesting, too. And it just keeps going. Like, you mm -hmm. go back all the way through human history, and there's these tales that have just been told for thousands and thousands of years. What I'm finding, too. Stuff. I mean, most of them will have, there's a sun god and a moon god and mm -hmm. a war god and fertility goddesses. Like most of mm -hmm. them have the same like elements. They just yes. are different things and maybe slightly different characteristics. Right. But most of them have a trickster of some sort and a, mm -hmm. all of them will turn in, not all of them, but a lot of them will like turn into different creatures. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, there's, there's a lot of commonalities. So as I'm like reading through all these things, I'm trying in my head to formulate, how do I want this to be in a story? Yeah. Because at first I was thinking, oh, we're going to like combine and be like, oh, all the mythologies are real, all these different things, whatever, whatever. But as I'm seeing like how many similarities there, there are, I'm like, do we need five gods that do the same thing like, yeah that's true yeah <laughs> so how many war gods do you need i know <laughs> then i'm like the creation because there's all different kinds of creation so i'm like well <laughs> I, I guess i can just be like well, i don't know they just all got bored and decided to make up their own <laughs> i don't know <laughs> how many different creation stories do you need lots yeah. of them start with <laughs> eggs not all of them start with eggs <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah there's there's a bunch and they, some of them are really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Ariana loves fairy tales with magic and animals. In a Swedish fairy tale, The Swan Maiden, the king announces a great hunting contest. A young hunter sights a swan swimming in a lake and aims at it, but the swan pleads not to shoot it. The swan transforms into a maiden and explains she is enchanted into that form, but the hunter may help her to break the spell. In another Swedish fairy tale collected from Blaging, the Swan Maiden, a young hunter sees three swans nearing a sound and taking off their animal skins. They reveal themselves to be three lovely maidens, and he falls in love with one of them. He returns home and tells his mother he intends to marry one of them. She advises him to hide the maiden's feather garment. He does that the next day and wins a wife for himself. Seven years later, now settled into domestic life, the hunter tells the truth to the swan maiden and returns her feather garment. She changes back into a swan and flies off. The human dies a year later. Today, we'll be reading The Swan Maiden, a Swedish fairy tale. Don't forget, we are continuing the original story of Beauty and the Beast on our Patreon. The Swan Maiden 
A young peasant in the parish of Melby, who often amused himself with hunting, saw one day three swans flying toward him, which settled down upon the strand of a sound nearby. Approaching the place, he was astonished at seeing the three swans divest themselves of their feathery attire, which they threw into the grass, and three maidens of dazzling beauty step forth and spring into the water. After sporting in the waves a while, they returned to the land, where they resumed their former garb and shape and flew away in the same direction from which they came. One of them... The youngest and fairest had, in the meantime, so smitten the young hunter that neither night nor day could he tear his thoughts from the bright image. His mother, noticing that something was wrong with her son and that the chase, which had formerly been his favorite pleasure, had lost its attractions, asked him finally the cause of his melancholy whereupon he related to her what he had seen, and declared that there was no longer any happiness in this life for him if he could not possess the fair swan maiden. "'Nothing is easier,' said the mother. "'Go at sunset next Thursday evening to the place where you last saw her. When the three swans come, give attention to where your chosen one lays her feathery garb, take it, and hasten away.' The young man listened to his mother's instructions, and betaking himself the following Thursday evening to a convenient hiding place near the sound, he waited, with impatience, the coming of the swans. The sun was just sinking behind the trees when the young man's ears were greeted by a whizzing in the air, and the three swans settled down upon the beach as on their former visit. As soon as they had laid off their swan attire, they were again transformed into the most beautiful maidens, and, springing out upon the white sand, they were soon enjoying themselves in the water. From his hiding place, the young hunter had taken careful note of where his enchantress had laid her swan feathers. Stealing softly forth, he took them and returned to his place of concealment in the surrounding foliage. Soon thereafter, two of the swans were heard to fly away, but the third, in search of her clothes, discovered the young man, before whom, believing him responsible for their disappearance, she fell upon her knees and prayed that her swan attire might be returned to her. The hunter was, however, unwilling to yield the beautiful prize, and casting a cloak around her shoulders, carried her home. Preparations were soon made for a magnificent wedding, which took place in due form, and the young couple dwelt lovingly and contentedly together. One Thursday evening, seven years later, the hunter related to her how he had sought and won his wife. He brought forth and showed her also the white swan feathers of her former days. No sooner were they placed in her hands than she was transformed once more into a swan and instantly took flight through the open window. In breathless astonishment, the man stared wildly after his rapidly vanishing wife, and before a year and a day had passed, he was laid with his longings and sorrows in his allotted place in the village churchyard. Thank you for joining Freya's Fairy Tales. Be sure to come back next week for the conclusion of Ariana's journey to holding her own fairy tale in her hands and to hear another fairy tale involving animals.